Hello and welcome back to another edition of K-Pop Rama Podcast. I'm Roskin Anaman, and on this week's show, we have a special interview lined up for you guys today. And today, I'm actually joined by Janelle. If you if you seen our um, playlist podcast that we did last week, um, you would know that she was participating in that. But there's also another reason why she's actually on the podcast today, as she will basically be giving us insight into the K-pop industry, as she is, aside from being a big K-pop fan, she is also an ex-K-pop trainee. So we're going to go into that today. Um, oh, and Janelle, you can also say hi as well. I, I totally forgot the cue in to say hello. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> totally professional there. But anyway, um, before we get into all of this, of course, if you like the podcast and you like what we do, then we can like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We're available just by any podcast platform. Think of Anchor on Apple or Spotify podcast. Don't forget to follow or subscribe on those platforms. That helps it a lot. And last but not least, our social media will be in the podcast description below. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, so to start, so considering that Janelle is a former K-pop trainee, um, there are a few things we do need to cover before we even get into the interview itself. Um, one being that um, Janelle basically cannot specify which company she was training under, to be precise. Um, and, you know, I'm actually going to let Janelle kind of explain why she cannot do this because she has a very legitimately good reason why she cannot. Uh, so while exiting this company of, like, releasing my contract and such, they had me verbally say and sign an NDA. So if you guys don't know what an NDA stands for, it's a non-disclosure agreement. And uh, what it's basically about is I can't talk bad about the company, nor can I specify the specific company <laughs> in social media and such. Yep. So, um, so yeah, you, I mean... At most, we might vaguely reference it. Um, we are not going to confirm nor deny which company she actually worked for. So um, you're going to have to figure that out on your own. But anyway, um, on to the interview. Um, let's start from the beginning, actually. Um, Janelle, can you talk a little bit about like how you even got into K-pop in the first place and like just what you know, got you interested in this genre of music? Because, you know, I, I whenever I have guests on, I always ask this question. And considering that you have such a more unique journey into the K-pop world, so to speak, I actually kind of interested to see, like, how did you get into this whole thing? Uh, that's a very good question. I think it has to start with 2008. I think that was a year. Um, it was a... A family party and apparently my relatives wanted to play Nobody by Wonder Girls <laughs> so they played that during the party and of course during that time it was a big hit especially in the Philippines so that was like the intro of K-pop for me but as well as like during that time my sister 
was listening to a lot of Super Junior and such. So I had that exposure from my family. And not to mention my like my mom and my aunts like to watch K-drama. So it's just been like a sprinkle here and there about music and K-dramas for the whole entertainment industry and such. Oh, I see. So it, it just felt like something that was just very natural. Like you're always like around it, even before yeah. you were interested. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's that's very interesting because, um, you know, being a K-pop fan is one thing, like listening to the music, buying the merch, going to the concerts is one thing, right? Mm-hmm. But how, I'm actually kind of curious how on earth you even got to even be in a position to even audition for a K-pop company. Like I, I'm actually kind of curious, like how did, how did that work? Like how did that happen? <laughs> so the company that I auditioned for actually had a auditioning place here. So um, I thought at first it was a hoax, but I had to double check with the, um, the company site because each of the companies in Korea has a, website that you can go directly for to buy all kinds of merch and stuff like that so I double checked with that and it was confirmed that they were having auditioning here in our lovely island Oahu so uh this was in 2012 and so when I had the audition I would say I had to ask my parents first because I was still a minor and they're just they're like okay go ahead because a couple months before I had my audition I actually auditioned for ironically Disney oh (laughs) I see (laughs) yeah but that didn't fall through because that was an acting gig and I just didn't make the um the second audition for Disney but for the k-pop company i i did get through the first auditioning and then i had to do the second auditioning in i think it was irvine and then after that i had to do a third auditioning in south korea so it was like a total of three auditioning stages that i had to do to actually get into the company wow so is it so is the audition process that you went through basically kind of like how, you know, like, like survival shows are kind of are like, is that basically kind of what it was just less mm. dramatized for TV or internet? Mm, no, I would say like for mine, we had like the auditioning place here was in a hotel and uh, like they would only accept like five people in the auditioning room and they would set us up in a line and this line would be numbered from like one through five and so forth so if you're if you were number one you start first so I think I was like number 283 so I had like uh I was like in the middle of my line so I had like two people in front of me and then th- um the rest behind me and so we just went down a line showed our skills and if we passed they would 
say like our number to stay and then whatever number was not called they would have to exit and that's when they'll explain like you have to do one one more audition over here and such and then go forth and then you just repeat the process of that oh i see so Mm -hmm. i guess on the auditioning part of it like Mm -hmm. i guess at every stage of the of the auditioning process like what kind of stuff that were you expected to do like was it like a routine that you had to practice beforehand or was it just something they just had to throw at you right Mm -hmm. there and there and you had to do something like i'm actually kind of curious like what did they make you do as part of the audition so uh what's that called they give you a form when you uh go into the place that's when they also give you the number and then you just have to fill out the form of what you're doing and such. And after you fill out the form, you give it to the front uh, and then they, they would categorize you to sit somewhere specifically, like a sign. And after that, uh, that's when they'll call each talent role. So uh, I auditioned first to be a singer and um I think the song I auditioned with was a Barbie song (laughs) and (laughs) yeah it was a Barbie song because I was very confident of singing it so uh what's that called when you get in the room you only have 30 ish seconds to to give your uh skill unless this only happened to one one girl in my line uh, unless the instructor that gave you the go would raise their hand and that's means to stop. Oh. Yeah. That sounds like a bad thing. Yeah, because that means like, oh, we don't need to hear anymore. Oh. And so, yeah. That's, and it was, uh, yeah. it was painful to watch because she was the last girl in the line and I think she was also the youngest. Ah. Yeah. Man, that's, that is, man, I mean, I get that, like, these auditioning processes have to be, you know, pretty cutthroat because they mm-hmm. kind of need to be. But, like, that that is, that's quite rough, especially if, like, I don't know, if that girl's, like, younger than you at the time. So maybe, like, what, 10 years old, 9 years old? Like, Jesus. I like, think that's... she was five. Five? She was, she was shorter. Like, she was, like, one of the short, shortest girls. And, yeah. Because the rest were, like, you can tell they're, like, 10, 12, and such. But she was, like, five. Dang. I mean, I I can't really imagine what that must have felt like in, like, a five-year-old's mind, if you know what I mean. Like, I, mm-hmm. I that, 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 that's crazy to me. But um, anyway, like, you know, I, I guess just to move the interview along, um, since you mentioned, like, there, there was, like, three different stages of auditioning, both in, mm-hmm. like, Hawaii, then in Cali, California, mm-hmm. and then in South Korea. You know, was there, like, like, I guess in what stage of this auditioning process did you kind of realize, oh, hey, I might actually have a chance here to actually be a trainee? Like, was there, like, any moment during this process where you, like, realized that, mo- that, that might, this might actually happen? Ironically, it was the first audition because I I thought I wouldn't get past like the number calling because I thought I did awful as like a 10, 11 year old 
girl at that time and it's just like when they didn't when I had to stay in the room I was I was just like what I made it through excuse me <laughs> like it was just shock it was, I was just like what the heck I'm actually this good okay <laughs> I guess since you there's like multiple like parts of this auditioning process right mm-hmm. like I guess mm-hmm. let's move forward to the California one because we because you mentioned that right like so yeah was that basically the same process as well like did you have to pick like a different song or like did you have to do other things for mm-hmm. you as part of your auditioning there Technic okay technically everything was the same including my song but the only difference was that instead of like having the line be one talent like in Hawaii it was like all singers and then um that you'll perform but in the Irvine California audition it was a mix like some people were doing singing and some people were doing dancing and I think one person actually did acting in that one but I don't really remember if I'm correct with that one but I just remember dancing and singing in my line yeah oh I see okay so I'm assuming the audition in Korea was the same or it was that one was actually the same but on a bigger scale they would each like split us instead of a row of five it was like a row of 10 and they'll have the camera with the instructor like there'll be two people instead of one person so they'll have the camera um in the middle of the room and like on the left of it would be the person grading, the instructor grading, and also the cameraman to monitor. So what's that called? Uh, down the road, the camera would just swivel to each individual person. Uh, we didn't have to say our names and stuff like that because we were numbered already so technically that was our name <laughs> oh I see okay yeah so uh what's it called when we got individually recorded for our skill then um they would do the same thing of how process of elim- elimination was who stays and who goes and that was more scary actually especially when I was a child because there would be some people that would exit crying and then you could hear them wailing going down the hall and exiting the building. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. like, I guess, especially because like, I'm assuming these other people in this audition, right. In Korea, I've probably been on the same journey as you mm-hmm. and like, you know, they've made it this far and then they're like basically being told to leave like I I guess yeah. it's it, it, it's probably different when you just get rejected at like the first stage of wherever you auditioned but yeah. like but then like you know naturally the stakes are higher when you're literally in Korea and like I wow I just cannot imagine that like I guess for you as well like did that kind of affect like how you were feeling like going into the audition because you could literally hear people's hearts literally breaking in like the hallway next to you <laughs> because I, I yeah I, like I can't imagine that yeah so for people waiting like there'll be 
I think in the Korea one, they had like four or five rooms set up for auditioning because that's how much people passed. And there will be like one big waiting room. So while waiting for my line to be cut up, uh, what's it called? We would just hear every periodically, every five seconds, like someone exiting, crying down the halls. And then like, as a child, I didn't understand why they were crying. But now as an adult, I understand why. Because like, you know, as a child, you don't really know adult-ish type things. You don't understand the world yet. And you just think that the world is just for fun. So that's what I thought <laughs> waiting. I was like, oh, it's for fun. I don't care if I cry and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I was really that kid that said, oh, they'll get over it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, that's just, that's just so, like, surreal to hear. Because I never mm-hmm. thought it would be like that. So, so blunt and very upfront but yeah (laughs) yeah but I I guess I guess considering you did get in like Mm -hmm. how did um your company basically find out like basically tell you that you were picked like like how did that process go they were literally like well in the last audition the South Korea audition they would like after everyone that didn't make it left they said okay see you tomorrow and then that's it. <laughs> and that's I was just it? like, what? <laughs> wow. Like, we were, yeah. Oh. We I, were I thought it would be more dramatic. Yeah. No, yeah. And then after we were escorted outside of the room, and the person escorting us was technically our manager at the time. And then she said, like, oh, just get your stuff from your family by tonight. Meet at this place. And be ready to work tomorrow and tomorrow meaning 5 a.m 5 a.m it was 5 a.m oh Oh, okay so wow I mean okay I mean first off Mm -hmm. I didn't think like that like anticlimactic if you get what I mean like I didn't think like they would literally just tell you like after everyone else left okay hey you're hired let's go like I didn't think you'd be like that (laughs) but like okay Um, yeah when I say the palipali culture is really in their blood, it's in their blood. <laughs> wow. So um, so I guess at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm guessing, I don't know, I don't know who in your family was with you in Korea because I'm assuming they took the trip with you as well, right? I think only my mom took the trip, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I guess. Once you got this news, right, like, Mm -hmm. how did your mom react to all this? Because, you know, I mean, I'm always curious about, like, how, like, how do, like, the parents of, like, K-pop idols or even trainees kind of, like, react when they find out that their kid is actually going to do this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my mom crying when I told her that, oh, I start tomorrow and stuff like that because she she told me like she was very happy for me but like I could tell with her tone that she was very sad because it would limit more time of me being a child than usual because um it's going to it was 
taking up most of my time and such. So she was worried about that. And oh, what's it called? I remember her asking me, like, do you really want to do this? Because if not, we can just hop on a plane and go back home and forget that this happened and such. And then I told her that I wanted to do it because I thought it was my dream. Well, as a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, I was like, this is my dream, mom. (laughs) And I want to do it because this is what I want to do. And she was supportive, but uh, she was also very scared. But I guess like until a year later, she actually agreed for me to like stay with the company and stuff. Yeah. I see. Um, If you don't mind me asking, like, um, Mm -hmm. how did the rest of your family react to this as well, considering only your mom actually went to Korea with you at that Uh. stage? Um, since I would say they were kind of okay about it. They didn't, at that time, they didn't understand, like, what's the difference in the entertainment business from American to Korean. So they just, they thought it was going to be the same, um, especially with, like, how... Uh, one of my cousins is working on a film. Uh, like he's in the film industry, so oh, they they okay. thought it would be like the same kind of industry to be flexible and stuff like that for their coworkers. So they just thought it was gonna be that kind of job. But I guess like at I guess now if they would turn back the time, they wouldn't agree for me to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. That's very, very interesting to hear because we are, we're going to go in a deep dive about Mm -hmm. the trainee life. Um, But right after this break, actually, so um, (laughs) we are going to, I have to throw in the add in. So, uh, so Behold the wonders of the Anchor Podcast platform. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Okay, we're back. So before we went on break, we we had Janelle kind of talk about how on earth she even got into the position of becoming a K-pop trainee. And now we're going to get into the big chunky stuff as we're going to talk about everything trainee life. So I guess first off, um, since you were a kid, essentially, when you were I guess, picked up by this K-pop company, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, how did, were there any, like, special conditions you had to go through because you were, one, a kid, and also, two, basically working for this company? Like, is there, like, Um, anything, anything different? Like, were you treated differently or anything like that? I just kind of want to know about that, Just I guess, to start. Oh, geez. Uh, In my company, I was treated with a better experience than most people uh, I forgot the scaling of how much was treated better than others but I was I was a part of the one percent of the company that would get everything like dorm situation figured out flight situation figured out uh, food situation figured out but less than that like I think 0.8 or 
probably 7% of that 1% ratio. I had flights covering traveling from Hawaii to South Korea because of schooling. Um, So throughout my whole trainee life, I was still going to school, even though some people actually quit going to school, but I was allowed to go back and forth from America to South Korea because I was a part of that very small percentage to get that kind of privilege. Um, I was granted that privilege because uh, I was the only Hawaii person to pass all three auditions, and that was rare. So they, I was granted that because of how I pass all of it and such. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. Oh, go on, go on. Should I also, oh yeah, I should also mention this. Um, so during time when it's school from like August to December, I'll be in Hawaii, but winter break, summer break, uh, rarely spring break, I would be in South Korea. So every break I had, I would be training. And even though I was in school here in Hawaii, I had to submit monthly uh, evaluation videos to see the progress. Uh, sometimes they would ask two times uh, a month. So like one in the beginning of the month, one in the ending of the month. And I have to submit that to them. Uh, other than that, trainee life was well, kind of, well, we can get more into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually did kind of want to, I mean, because I mean, f- for one, I mean, I, I was kind of interested as to knowing what your schedule was even like, yeah, considering yeah. you were still going to school here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess on that, actually, um, considering that you were going, you were still going to school here, right? And I right. guess in some ways, you were still kind of having a normal childhood, so to speak. Yeah. Maybe not. Well, of course, obviously, it's not like normal it's anything but normal at this point but like i guess i don't know like do did did a lot of people know that you were actually like a part-time trainee that i would have to go to korea like every so often like did did a lot of people know about that or did you kind of like keep that like low-key no i didn't tell anyone because um uh at the like in elementary school when i audition I was getting very heavily bullied so I didn't tell anyone um I guess that's why I just never brought it up even now I don't bring it up like you knew about this like a couple like a month ago again I never yeah. bring it up I just well, never bring it up <laughs> I see I mean I I totally understand honestly because it's like a such a I don't know. I, 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 it, it's those kind of experiences where, like, you could say these things to people, and like, I mean, of course, they would probably be amazed or, yeah, I don't know, react in a different way. But at the same time, I don't think anyone really, except people, who, yeah, <laughs> either that or I feel like 
we just can't really relate because yeah, I don't know anyone who's been in the industry who has been through the things that you've been to. So like even now, like I, I have to acknowledge right. Like look, I, I know you're telling your story, but at the same time, like there's like some things where it just feels so surreal. You know, like it, it feels. Mm-hmm. It feels crazy, but look. But again, like I'm, I'm so happy that you're willing to give us the time to tell your story. But um, yeah, um, I guess this to go back to the training life a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess since you kind of mentioned like how it would work in Hawaii a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. so would it basically kind of be like a, uh, I don't know, would they just give you like a dance routine or a sing a song for you to sing, and then they would this that would be kind of be like your homework for the month for them. Is that kind of how it was? Uh, they would, yes. They'll give me a dance routine, a song to sing. Um, vis- like, I also had to do like mock trials of visual appearance during like in front of a camera and in interviews and stuff like that to make sure my posture and the way I present myself was their ideal standards of how they want me to debut as uh I was also given homework to learn the language uh of Korean at that time and like it would be like these big hefty books about um like sentence structures and stuff like that I to be honest I hated doing that and I guess that's why my um sometimes like my Korean's kind of off because I was just learning through books. I wasn't speaking yet. Like all the time that I was here, I wasn't speaking Korean to anyone. But in Korea, I was. I, but in Korea, I was speaking like half talk Korean. So informal Korean oh, to like the other trainees and stuff like that because some of us were close. Um, but to like the instructors and stuff I did polite forms but it was like easy to get the polite forms because it's like oseo um and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so when I had to do my monthly evaluations I would have to submit like everything in one video um and the only things I could edit is like to put everything in one video. I can't edit out like clips and stuff like that. I just had to merge them into one file and then give them that one file. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, since they technically like can't really stop you from like doing multiple takes, like I guess what was it kind of nerve wracking for you to like to do like all of these to record all of these videos and stuff even if like they're like it's kind of like a monthly thing uh it was especially during like middle school high school stuff because that was during also the time I was um growing up and and so they would like mark down if something was sloppy uh if I was out of tune and like my vocal uh, performances they would also like judge like how I'm not in the center of the camera and stuff like that if I just forgot to mark myself to be in the center of the camera whenever I do singing or dancing um the film portion where I had to like 
visually check how I appeal to the camera. I had to make sure that my hand placements were proper in their eyes and stuff like that. Because in the company I was in, they taught how to position your hands and your legs during the interview and stuff like that. Um, so this would be like for like general like media stuff. Yeah, general oh. media. Yeah, I had oh, okay. to make sure like what's my hand placements. Like um, I can't like if there's a chair, like if I'm on top of the chair, I would have one foot. It would always be the right foot. The one of my like my right foot would be behind my left. And um, kind of like a ballerina formation uh, to start in their routine. And then my hand placement would be in front of me, flat, but not stiff. Oh, and I yeah, I can never have it on the side of my body because that's, that's not how, that's like improper. Wow. And that... I mean, that's only like even like one aspect of what you had to do, but like that sounds that sounds like so much, even for like media stuff. Like mm-hmm. for me now, like I kind of understand now why some K-pop groups, whenever they're doing media stuff, whether it be on YouTube or like mainstream stuff, they like look a specific way, even when they're even talking to the interviewer. Like I thought mm-hmm. like they kind of just let them sit, whatever, you know, but now it kind of makes sense now which is kind of kind of crazy but like you know i guess i guess to elaborate on like on the trainee stuff i mean let's um let's switch it a little bit and go to like your trainee life in korea like can you like kind of talk us through like what a day in the life was like for you when you were training in korea um usually my day would start off at ooh, 8 a.m and that's technically late for a trainee yeah but it was start off 8 a.m and 8 a.m to I would say 12 p.m I would do like sentence structures in Korean to learn Korean at the time so for like four hours of that then from 12 to I would say 4 p.m it would be vocal lessons and then four through uh, nine, maybe 10 p.m., it would be dance. And then 10 through 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., it would be media stuff, like to look visually appealing to the camera and stuff like that. And sometimes it would be longer if they would make us do mock-ups of photo shoots and stuff like that. Uh, And so, like, after that media time, it would technically be free time, but I uh, I would rent, like, a room in the building to practice. So if there was a slot open in either the singing room or the dance room I would rent one room for myself for like I would say two three hours just to do an extra practice and um 
it would always be like I would always use the room to review like what I did wrong and stuff like that film myself doing the whole routine if I was dancing film myself singing and going over how I sang and how I was visually marking where what I could do if the camera was pointing on me uh, and then after that extra practice I would go to bed and this would be at like 4 a.m yeah it would be like 4 a.m wow like- yeah and yeah <laughs> and like there is like uh like a lunchroom but barely no barely anyone like any of the trainees are in there and such like the only people that's really in there are like the management people and such because that's their lunch break but if a trainee is in there we just grab something real quick and then go back to like the practice rooms yeah I see I mean like wow that's just so much first off Mm -hmm. I do want to I do kind of want to want ask like mm-hmm. well, why do they make you do all the photo shoot stuff at like 11 p.m at night that's like such a random time like i get like you have a lot of stuff to do obviously but that out of all of the things you have to do it just feels like uh it feels like the most like strenuous thing to do all of the photo shoot stuff because i i just can't imagine like you have to like worry about how you're looking at like 11 p.m at night and you're probably like half asleep at that point you know like I, I don't know like how how did you make that work <laughs> uh okay so they only did that so that we could actually look better like <laughs> I I don't know how to say it without it being like without it sounding bad but yeah they only made it do it at that time so that no matter what time during the day it like once we debut we're just ready looking fresh and stuff like that like oh i see yeah yeah i i just only i only wanted to ask because like the way Mm. you kind of worded that it made me feel like oh dang you got to do that every day at 11 p.m like oh yeah because they wanted us to look very well there would be like scheduled days like what like what group will have like what training group would have like one whole mock trial so like um I remember there will be specific days where oh uh this trainee like trainee group a would be doing a mock trial of performing their debut song and then training group b would there would do their trial of doing their debut interview and stuff like that so it'd be like those kind of mock trials yeah I see yeah um Obviously, of course, the amount of work you have to do as a trainee is insane. Just mm-hmm. to be straight up, it is insane. But I guess to spin it a little bit, um, I guess considering that you were a kid at this time, like I guess even despite all of the work that you had to do, was there like things or like aspects of the training life that you liked a lot, like things that you enjoyed while you were over there? Oh yes, um, I made. Uh, like a few friends during my training time. So I remember this one friend. Uh, I'm not going to name her because 
she already debuted so um, oh <laughs> yeah yeah so I know <laughs> it would be too obvious <laughs> but um she invited me over for Chosuk and Chosuk is like a big family event in Korea um it usually takes like three three-ish days or four-ish days in Korea for the whole Chosuk um party and stuff like that so she invited me to her family party like when we got released to do Chosuk and so we took the train to her area in that's all I'm giving <laughs> so we took it to and then she she like introduced me to her family and stuff like that and um like she introduced me as like oh she's from Hawaii she's my Hawaii friend and stuff like that and so like I remember having so much fun during Chosuk because it it was very special it was special to spend it in Korea especially with a family I don't know and like seeing their interactions stuff like that and I felt very very taken care of <laughs> I got fed a lot during that and stuff like that uh for from her family so yeah um what's another one? Oh, there would be some off days where we can go to the convenience store like down or like whatever like I spend it in the convenience store because I love 7-Eleven <laughs> so I mean, wouldn't <laughs> yeah so like I went to 7-Eleven with a couple of people um and such and we would like buy all kinds of stuff because it was free day we don't need to do anything like at that time diet situation was off like we don't need to worry about that so we just bought any kind we bought noodles we bought um candy we bought all kinds of assortments and then we just eat it in the dorm and like hide the evidence that we ate it the next morning <laughs> and so and every time we have that kind of day off we'll just do the same thing <laughs> so I, I guess on that right like considering mm-hmm. you had like days off like mm-hmm. were these days off basically like days where you were like allowed to kind of go where you wanted to or yeah. was it kind of like, oh, okay, okay. Yes. Uh, it was, I remember one day off, uh, we actually saw another company's trainee, <laughs> like a trainee group. Um, and we knew they were trainees because they were, all, they were also trying to keep it on the down low because of the, the paparazzis. And they were more in the eye of the public at that time uh the other trainee group so we're just like oh hello we don't need to stumble upon you but we're just getting some stuff (laughs) and like um I remember one of my trainee friends she was actually classmates with the other trainee group like one of them and she she was like talking to him conversating with him and I'm here like we're we're trying to get in and trying to get out so like can we just hurry in this process and such but definitely not trying to be low-key 
<laughs> yeah <laughs> because like you don't know like uh like you don't know if you're gonna be caught or anything especially on an off day and so I'm just like no no pali pali and then she's like nah. <laughs> oh man yeah. I mean, okay we're, we're gonna talk about the paparazzi later on uh-huh oh, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. I guess for now I do kind of want to focus on like I guess the friends you made at your company um I'm guessing since you can't really you don't really have much chances to go out of your company because mm-hmm. you obviously have to do stuff like I, I imagine you probably made at least some good friends right like when you're in mm-hmm. when you're in like with the other trainees like was there like any like people you kind of remember in particular like aside from like um the person who invited you to Chuseok of course like was there like did you like make a lot of friends or was it kind of like you only made like a little bit uh I would say I did make a lot of friends but I only talked or like I only like talk yeah talk to a few of them so um I don't know if I should no I think that would give too much weight but um there was this one girl I kept talking to her because she she was like a, a girl from Canada that was a trainee she now debuted in her group and such but um she like she was the only one I could really talk to because we were similar in age I think I was like a couple months older than her so I was her Oni or Nuna either one um we I didn't really care about the difference in that but anyways uh like she would be the one that I really look, looked after as like a little sibling and stuff like that. And she would look at me as her older sister because it's a cutthroat business. So, you know, like you, you try to make friends with a lot of them, but it sometimes it doesn't last and sometimes it does, but you still, you have a healthy competition with them <laughs> and such. So, yeah. So I guess in a lot of ways, it's like, I know this doesn't apply to everyone that you met, but like, mm-hmm. could you say like, in some cases you were definitely kind of like rivals, like other trainees saw you as like a rival because you're basically kind of competing against them, if you will, within like the trainee pool that you're all in. Like, is it is it kind uh... of safe to say that? Or is it like, am I kind of wording it a bit too heavy? I would say yes. Okay, but okay. it would be more like frenemy, like frenemy terms. Like there are some aspects where, like, oh yes, we're we're fine, but then other aspects where, when it gets to like serious business on like who's gonna be assigned to what group to debut or who's gonna be a soloist to debut, that's the kind of business that we kind of fight over not fight over but like it's tense between everyone because everyone wants to debut and they'll do anything and I mean anything to debut and stuff like that mm-hmm. okay that's that's very very interesting because like you know I you know like as you as you said right like it's a very mm-hmm. cutthroat place to be and you know I for what it's worth, I'm glad that you're able to make friends because, like, I 
it, it must be so hard because you're technically like your friends, but like you said, you're also kind of competing it against these people as well. So like, it's yeah. kind of hard to have like a true, like genuine friendship with people, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess like if you're comfortable in, in, in saying, um, I guess considering that you're technically, well, you're an ex trainee now, but is there like anyone, any like trainees that you worked with that you kind of keep in contact with, or is it kind of like it, it didn't really like work out as much after you left? I don't have a lot of like Korean trainee friends anymore. Um, even though I like I still have cacao and stuff like that, they just never answer my message on cacao. So that kind of fizzled out and stuff like that uh the one trainee that like took me to chosuk for her for her family uh what's that called um like yeah yeah like during the ending of my contract uh it got really tense between us because uh she didn't like that i was ending my contract when she was continuing it because we were supposed to be doing something together in the company for our debut, but that didn't work out. So um, that friendship ended. Uh, I still have like friends that are from America or Canada that um, got out of the business after me and a little bit before me so we still talk and stuff like that but like we're each doing our own things like what's that called the Canada girl that I mentioned before she's actually uh studying to be a biologist and stuff like that in her yeah in her um country so uh she's just doing her own life now like everyone's doing their own life outside of the k-pop business so we just try to keep touch with each other but you know when life comes in of course you're gonna deal with life and then not talk about it (laughs) and stuff like that that, that's very interesting because like i i don't really know like how does like how do these things kind of work you know in the industry like when it comes to friendships and stuff um Mm -hmm. very very interesting stuff um i mean of course you can't really specify who you've met in real life of course but i imagine you've met a lot of current k-pop idols or like idols that have been popular for years or maybe left um Mm -hmm. i guess in terms of that um I guess you can also like mention like people from like other companies as well, because you did kind of mention that you did meet trainees from other companies as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Were there any idols that you might've met or like, did you have any interesting like encounters with them? Um, Of course, don't say anything you can't say, of course. So, Uh you know, just, I don't know, any interesting stories that you might have? Uh, I met Jay from day six. Oh, I met uh, Jeno and Jamin from NCT Dream. Uh, I met Charyoung from ITZY. And I also met, um, for, what's her name? <laughs> this is so bad. Um, 
I feel bad. I kind of like basically like howling people, but like it's not. But <laughs> it's so it's so bad that I just don't remember her name. Oh, um, oh, okay. uh, uh, Yojin from Luna. I met her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I oh my god, I'm so sorry for all the Luna fans. <laughs> I just completely forgot her name. Um, it's okay. It's else? been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, who did who did I meet? Oh, um, Chinese Junghyun when he was still here. Uh, I met Jay Park. Love Jay Park. He was very funny. <laughs> oh my god, when when people say Jay Park is like the older brother that's like cool and would joke around with you, I highly one hundred percent. Back it up because he he was literally so fun to talk to and stuff like that. Even though it was like a minute and he probably forgot my name, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I guess before we move on, um, is there like any other like interesting stories that you've met that you have with like different like idols or anything? Like I know you mentioned like talking to Jay Park for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, is there like any other interesting stories maybe you could share or? Uh, I actually met Chunghyun during a mock trial that I was invited to for my company. Uh, he was very sweet and stuff like that. Um, uh, what's that called? He he gave like a staff member in uh the studio that we were filming in. He gave a staff member like a water, and I think it was some type of fruit I just forgot the name but he gave the staff member that because um he overheard them saying they didn't eat lunch and he had his lunch so he just gave them uh that and I'm just like oh my god it's so cute like it was like like those type of interactions that I have made it special for me to be in the industry and such and I really appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the experience. Mm, I see that. That that sounds like, like something that's just so special, especially considering who Jung Hyung was, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess speaking on that in general, like I guess whenever you meet like fellow idols, or I guess technically they're your coworkers technically, or they're your, yeah, coworkers basically. Like, I guess we're... Was everyone like kind of the same, like kind of like this being this genuinely like really nice to you or like really like anything like, oh, well, obviously you can't really speak much on that. But like generally, like what what were like um, your interactions with like, you know, the proper like debut idols like for the most part? Uh, They would they understood like where you were coming from and such. And they they kept reminding us to like sleep um to eat hydrate uh also like take care of our well-being like not be sick and stuff like that uh I remember I forget who but someone offered to buy uh vitamin c pellets or like powder that we could like take um during the day or like once a day and stuff like that just to give us a boost it was 
for immunity and such. So um, after that, they would they would like ask like personal questions like, oh, where each of us were from, and like uh, I remember having a conversation with Jay when he when he said like, oh, you're from Hawaii. That's very cool I'm from Cali and stuff like that and I'm like oh yeah yeah and um he's like oh that's good though that you're doing this for you and such and uh other than that that's about it yeah like they would they were really understanding I would say yeah and on that note that concludes part one of this interview with a former K-pop trainee in Janelle. Now, the main reason why uh, this interview, I guess for this week, kind of ended in a very awkward spot is, well, to be totally honest with you, there wasn't really any other better place to end it for this week. So we're ending it here and you will have to tune in next week for part two of this interview. Now, the main reason why this interview is being cut into two parts is because of the fact that well it's literally two hours long in total and this episode this week already is getting kind of long for for my own preference anyway so i am kind of ending it here and we'll be back next week for the rest of it um hopefully you found this part of the interview incredibly interesting i sure as hell did um it was an incredibly insightful interview uh that we did with janelle and I, well i look forward to seeing you guys listen to next week's part of the interview because that part is equally if not more interesting than this first part so be on the lookout for that but until then this is gian from the k-pop rama podcast signing off take care and have a brilliant weekend everybody peace bye-bye see you guys next week for the next part of the interview bye-bye